This is what I was telling you guys before I came in here. This is what I envisioned this would be when we first started this. It'd just be just hanging out with my friends. Not, you know, talking to AG, Leo Strine over Zoom during COVID. You know, having Tizzy and Senator Townsend in here talking about Mandela and shit. Just hanging out with my friends. Kirsten Walther. Here we are. Bill Martin. It's a true Yale to jail situation in here sometimes. Famous uh, independent journalist Jordan Howell. Stoned. Woo, me too, buddy. <laughs> and of course, super producer Carl, as always. And we're here. We're all in the studio. We're packed in. And um, we have a couple cool um, sort of things to talk about. The rest of this month is going to be pretty hectic. We have some national guests, both, and international guests. The international guests will actually be here in the studio. Won't that be exciting for everyone? Uh, we'll be covering the uh, the Kathy v. Kathy Supreme Court edition this month. That will be patrons only. You guys are, I know, you're, you're going to pay for it. Watch. I know you guys now. Uh, and there'll be a few other um, sort of fun ones this week, this, um, this month as well. So let's get started. We're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're behind enemy lines. We're in the belly of the Delaware Beast. And three out of the four of us are absolutely hammered, right? Well, first of all, there's five of us here. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. I'm the official counter for the episode, just in case any more counting comes up. Uh, it's very well, important for our chief legal correspondent to be able to accurately yeah, count how we, many We might need a room. lot of legal advice before this is true. <laughs> so I, I really wanted to cover two great things um, that my friends here have done um, in the last few months. Two, two um, just incredible, we'll call it feats of the left, of the Delaware left. Um, first, and we've mentioned it a few times, um, Kirsten, you, you planned this sort of network summit of all of these different organizing and advocacy, advocacy groups for a full day uh, in Dover. Can you talk about like the idea, where it came from, and, and what you were trying to, to do with it? Sure. So um, in around maybe like December of... 2022, I was having a conversation with Drew about, uh, we were talking, we were just throwing a lot of ideas out there about some potential programs or trainings or events that Network Delaware could put on back throughout, I don't know, I would say like, so I started my job with Network Delaware in the winter of 2021. And as I kind of joined, we were on the tail or we were on the beginning of what felt like a little bit of a lull with volunteers. We weren't getting as many new folks to come in. Um, before I had come on in this role, there was what I understand to be a pretty good boon during the first part of the pandemic. I think a lot of people had more time. The meetings had moved to virtual. So a lot of folks just felt like, oh, I, I can join more things. I can get involved in more groups. However, this sort of changed people's relationship, in my opinion, to the advocacy work and to the groups that they were joining. Um, they were able to be in a lot of meetings, but maybe weren't able to engage as deeply and feel as connected to like a few key places. Um, so I think that's my theory for why, as I got involved in the last half of 2021, the beginning of 2022, it felt like we were kind of 
reaping what we'd sown, basically, or what the pandemic had sown. I, I agree um, with you. Yeah, it, it was tough. So I, as I was having this conversation with Drew in like December of 2022, we were thinking, okay, how can we engage more people? How can we bring them in? How can we give some kind of experience that isn't just going to like we're not just trying to pack the room for the sake of packing the room, but we're trying to actually identify new people and give them something that feels one, like there's a low barrier of entry two that feels like something new to the ecosystem, something that we're not duplicating the work of another organization. Um, and three, something that is going to offer a lot of different types of programming, a lot of different uh sessions it's going to feel dynamic it's going to appeal to a pretty broad base of people so no matter what you're interested in if it's more about the networking if it's more about the learning if it's more about um, the skill building if it's more about just like figuring getting your feet wet and kind of seeing what what's going on what is the the ecosystem in delaware uh, we wanted something that could appeal to a lot of different people yeah uh, first of all as i said i i agree uh, about sort of this mindset that sunk in like this the podcast was supposed to be done in person that's how we started it and really we mm -hmm. had done a few sort of over the internet but not that many until obviously we had no choice but to do it um, and I was excited to come back but what I noticed even in myself was like when your routine sort of stops and you like you're not going outside really and so even to like to drag yourself outside to do something was like, well, I don't, I don't want to go out there. And it was like a mindset that set in. And I think, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people were engaging in a lot of different meetings and a lot of different groups and organizations, but the type of engagement felt different. And it was like the, the breadth was there, but in the breadth, it, it, it expanded in breadth, but the depth was really lacking. And so we were hoping and, our theory when I was talking to Drew or my theory, I guess I'll say, was that part of that was because we're lacking the interpersonal connection. We're lacking the feel of an in-person meeting. Um, so that was really important to us. And I think Drew had actually initially said to me, well, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of corporate and like grass tops conferences in Delaware. Uh, and then on a national level, there's more grassroots conferences for like organizers or just people in like the social change ecosystem but we don't really have a grassroots conference or summit for Delaware and after talking a little more with him I was like yep yeah, you know what that is a really good point and I think that is something that fits within Network Delaware's wheelhouse um, because initially I, I kind of was it, so it sounded appealing to me. That's the kind of work I like to do. The so program that's how development. So it started. You're thinking. You're thinking it's going to be a program, yeah. like a conference. Yeah. Um, so it'll it'll be some sort of. <clears throat> we'll be able to put on a conference type program, mm -hmm. but sort of invite or or get di diversify the attendees in some fashion where mm -hmm. where it's not being done. That's because yes. I remember the. I remember when you called me. So yeah, funny, I did call you. Yes. Yeah. yeah you I don't know if I was. I, I know I was in the early. You, yeah. you did tell me you're like you weren't one. I don't want to, but you weren't <laughs> like in the five. Yeah. In the five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how you like explain it to me. And even to the point where, depending on what you thought the logistics would be, you might do it yeah. over two days. Yes. Yes. And so it was just it was just like this conference idea that. Yeah. I I was just amazed how many people you could bring to it. Um, I guess just off the program. Yeah. Really. And I think there's a real challenge for me. There was a real challenge in balancing 
what growth would look like for the long term, especially in terms of uh, making it feel more like a collaborative effort in the long term with the fact that we were on a tight timeline this year. And in order to make the program as quality as possible, it made sense for network to really for it to live within network. And that's and kind of solely within network this year. Um, but in the long term, I think it would be great to involve other organizations and to have a more collaborative effort go into putting it on. Um, but yeah, that was just something that, yeah, we were thinking about, okay, how do we how do we do it well through Network Delaware, but also not kind of lock ourselves into taking total ownership of it in the future because we do want to we want to make it a true summit and we want to bring other groups in. And that was why I reached out to you and I reached out to a ton of uh, organizational leaders and organizers and just anyone who was willing to talk to me basically because I wanted to get a lot of feedback. I wanted to get input. I wanted to bring an idea of what I was thinking and why I thought this would be something good for Network Delaware to to do um, and what I had kind of hoped would be like the growth from this year. Um, but I also didn't want to just kind of like run with it myself and not involve people. Well, I have to tell you, I told you this privately um, probably a couple times, but <clears throat> the impressive thing was how that idea uh, manifests itself over the whole day mm-hmm. because you you just sort of coordinated the program. You know, you coordinated the food to come out and whatever the next thing was. Breakout mm-hmm. sessions, this is what we're doing. Everybody's like, there's a speaker. Panel discussion, this is what we're doing. But, but you were not really a, a feature. Do you know what I mean? You no, em- and thank em- God for that. You I, yeah, it. I didn't want to. Yeah. But again, I'm not. I, I mean, yeah. you could have done it. You could have gone out there and done the thing. But Yeah, give them the razzle dazzle. But it really yeah. did. Welcome to the Dover Ideas Festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody could have got one of those headsets yes. Yes. with yes. the blocks like, the, behind you and built up. Yeah, it was really like a, a it was a, it was a it it didn't seem like and and you're making the point where it shouldn't seem that way right. and hopefully in the future it it isn't. But it wasn't it didn't appear to be a network event. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sponsored and, and sort of coordinated by the, but the people you were able to bring in from the other stuff the network does mm-hmm. uh, and, and do breakout sessions with, you know, other people that do training at the Working Families Party or yeah. other people that are in the uh, NAACP or other people that are doing sort of like media stuff or press stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and so there was – and then – Remind me of everyone. So I guess it was after lunch where there was the panel discussion. Yes. The, the, I, and I know Claire was on it. Mm-hmm. Who, who were the Who were the panelists? And, and you weren't. You and you didn't facilitate it either. The no. facilitator was someone else. Yes, the facilitator was Elena Robinson, who's a Network Delaware volunteer. Um, it was I was really excited because so I had put together um, a, a planning team of four Network Delaware volunteers who helped, essentially from the actually it was before the day. We locked in the – we confirmed the date for the actual summit. Um, I I had also been working in Network Delaware and putting together a civic leadership team. Um, and this is sort of our new iteration of the program planning team with the idea being that we want to give volunteers more ownership and ability to execute the programs we do. We want everything to be volunteer-led eventually. We're not there yet, but that's the goal. Um, and I felt like the summit was a great opportunity to – really be intentional about building a program planning team and involving volunteers in uh, in the execution of the summit. Um, it was challenging because like I had never done something like this before. So 
I did have to do some things first and in, just in order to be able to give advice and give feedback and guidance to volunteers who were also doing this for the first time. Um, so it wasn't that's not always a natural thing for me. Uh, you know, I can just be someone who's like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. Um, but I really did push myself to ensure that I wasn't just doing things myself. And even if it, I didn't, I was going to have to fumble through it because I didn't know how it would go. I still did try to circle back and be like, hey, I can kind of give this guidance now and this feedback on how this thing needs to be done and know what it needs to be done by. Who would like to help me with it or do it? And then I can kind of give uh, I'll look it over and give, you know, any additional guidance to make sure that, like, someone else is involved in the actual uh, – in producing whatever the task yeah, really, is that it, needs it, to it be It really came dumb. through because, to me, the the group of people mm-hmm. that came – and it it, uh, it got a little bit smaller. The best uh, – the thing I loved yeah. was the end because I love Jeffrey Richardson. However, yeah, he's great. Um, it was very warm, but everybody kind of was like – it was a good vibe. Yes, of everybody it was did sort feel of like, like a good vibe. Yeah. Everybody who was meeting new people or hearing yeah. from new thing, they were like, "I want to go see what they're doing." Yes, and they would go do that. Yeah, or like, and people were connecting in the hallways and exchanging numbers. I was like meeting people, and you know, some folks had to leave early. It was a really long day, but they were like, "Oh, I got five or six people's numbers that I'm, ex- you know, going to catch up with and ha- get coffee with and talk about X issue with." And that was really what we were hoping would come from it. Also, I realized I didn't answer the panelist questions. Oh, but, um, right, right, right. Yeah, it but, was. But yeah, I think yeah. just to we'll circle back to that. But just yeah. to the point, yeah, like you weren't everybody. I went there just to sort of see what it was and support it, and then mm-hmm. I realized you were cooking all day in the kitchen. Yes. So you know, like I got to, I got to get in there. I got to lend yes. hands. Yeah. So I'm in there, like you know. Shout out to the, Jen. Yes, Jen Hanlon is just yeah. an absolute wizard. Yeah, she, we, I was the, I was the sous she chef. She worked magic. And, uh, and yeah, Bill was like, was like the, the trash can man. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I, I was. Uh, I, it was such a wonderful day. It was like I was yeah. a good kind of exhausted at the end of the day. I remember yeah. Rob and I kind of drove home at like near sunset or whatever. It was kind of nice. But you must have been like, yeah, just so worn, but like in a good. I did, but, yeah, but I was and crying was a lot thing. at the like, end. When, when um, people were like, hey, can you <laughs> your run listeners over here? should know. Like, especially yeah. people <laughs> it was who very were emotional. Like, especially people, and we will get to that too, because <laughs> you did yeah. have a moment too. I did have a moment, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. But, but especially people who were like just sort of running around and helping. We were like, yeah. hey, can you run down there with Kobe and make sure people are. And they were so willing, right? But, but it was the vibe, it was the people there and the vibe. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, yeah, you could, you could direct people sort of, or people sort of went where they. Yeah, fit and it just it worked out really great. But let's get back yeah. to the panel because this was like another sort of uh, big event that everybody was sort of and it was right after lunch. And everybody was kind of ready for it, and I wanted to see how Claire did. Yeah, I'm always teasing her. Um, but yeah, can you talk about the panel a little bit? I would love to because I I was really pleased with the way the panel turned out. Um, so yeah, Elena, our volunteer, was the the moderator, and we had four panelists: um, Jamila Abdullah from Free Food for All in Delaware. Um, Danielle Craig from Dell State, Ty Greer, our Network Delaware Kent County organizer, and then Clara Snyder Hall from Common Cause. And um, I had worked with Elena to put together. So the format for the panel was the first uh, maybe two-thirds of it were prepared questions that, um, yeah, Elena and I had had pieced together and then gone over with the panelists just to make sure that they were on the same page regarding what they were going to be speaking to and kind of what we were hoping the audience would get out of the panel. Um, and then the final third was open for audience questions. And it was really wonderful. They, Some of the panelists knew each other. Uh, not all of them did, though. And 
I I know Elena was a little nervous going in because this is the first time she had moderated a panel. Um, but credit to her, she prepared really well, and I thought she did a wonderful job. And the fact just that you're telling me she was a volunteer, yeah, because I just thought like, oh no, this is a person who works at the, you know at the I don't know the Wilmington Urban League. And something, yeah, because it was very it came off very very polished to me. Elena yeah. like did. At least one breakout room, too. Yes. Elena, and Elena was on the planning team. Elena did a lot for the summit, and yeah, she's amazing, and I'm so thankful for her. And, but that, I think, I mean, that was what felt really good to me about the summit that uh, Elena stepped up and explicitly told me that she was, she felt comfortable enough that she had the support network around her and that she had the resources to feel okay, like stepping out of her comfort zone a little bit. And Jen Hanlon was taking on, she took on a tremendous amount of organizing and planning for the food for the entire day for three meals. Um, and like Capri Spence uh, was kind of co-emceeing with me. And it was really exciting to just have have these volunteers do things that were a little bit uncomfortable for them. Um, you know, that I... I I felt really good that we had seemingly created a safe enough space for them and a supportive enough space that they were okay stepping out and trying new things. Yeah, I'll say this as the uh, as the guy who would probably be the one to say this. Um, people kind of sometimes cringe maybe when they hear sort of this uh, inclusive language or sort of setting the space for people. But I'm here to tell you, going to this event, uh, is is it's very clear when people are comfortable, you know. Even if you were not comfortable, you know, listening, you just listen to what people have to say. That's all. Like everybody's sort of in the same sort of headspace, so it doesn't really matter. I, th- I mean, it, it was it was an exquisite example of exactly what you're describing. I, I it was like uh, to, to to Bill's point about driving back afterwards. I was exhausted, but I did like kitchen work. This is what I love to do anyway. And, uh, and yeah, and I just ran around and talked to my friends and, and like, you know, sat in on a couple of uh, breakouts. I did sit in on the panel. And then the the uh, the big uh, the, the speech from, from our friend, he's a sort of behind-the-scenes guy. Um, it was, it's interesting because I had never met him in person, but he was, he was very important in um, helping set up the call. Yeah. Great segue. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Richardson um, is a professor uh, at UD. Um, he is uh, a green energy advocate. Um, he was he is a journalist. Um, he worked at I think it's the it's the oldest still operating uh, black newspaper in the country. It's the Pittsburgh Courier Gazette. I think is that right? I think that it's in Pittsburgh. I know that. Um, but I met him uh, about three months before, maybe two months before the the summit in person at, uh, at the, at the event. And it was just cool to see him again. Um, and I got to actually talk to him a little bit longer than I did, uh, before. So that was, that was really nice. Uh, we had a little, we had our moment outside, you know? Um, yeah. So hearing him, uh, sort of, uh, inspire people just to, uh, you know, just to, it was, it was, a, it was wonderful remarks too, because it just backed up everything you just explained. Yes. In the way and it, it, yeah, I was so pleased that Jeffrey was able to be there. Um, I, I love working with him personally, but also I think he just was a really, he could really capture a lot of the threads that we were trying to weave together within the summit. Um, and I, I mean, I think of, because Jeffrey is also a board member of Network Delaware and like. I, I think of him as very like entwined within network. Um, but it 
was very exciting to me to hear uh, one of the the new attendees, uh, someone who came to the summit who had never been to a Network Delaware event before, told me that she was there because she was so excited to hear him speak. And I was like, wow, this is wonderful that it's not just within Network Delaware we know that Jeffrey Richardson's great, but there are people who are actually coming here to hear him speak. So I told him that, and um, yeah, I, I hope he felt good about that. Yeah, and he's 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 a guy too, um, you know, after meeting him, I wasn't surprised. He's a, he's a very sort of mild-mannered person to, to speak with casually or even like on the Zoom calls in the call planning. And, you know, and he, he's just a, sort of a laid-back guy. And then, but when he, you know, he has a, he has just a, he's a very uh, good orator, I guess you would say. And so he's able to deliver those remarks in a way that you're like, you're into it. It's almost like a sermon. Yes. Um, I, I dug it. I dug it very much. And we were in a church as well. Yes. We were in a very historic church. Yes. It was right it's a beautiful Dover. space. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was neat. And you're yeah. able to walk around, um, you know, walk around a sort of a, a historical space too. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean. I don't know why this entire time I was imagining this happening in the casino. Uh, Dover like, Downs? Yeah, like yeah. in the conference rooms there. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. yeah. Like in the, maybe, this, like maybe the conference time. room. This the is not in the casino. The ballroom, okay. the ballroom, no. In the ballroom number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were in a, we were in, a, in, the, in, the, in the church um, that's basically right next to Leg Hall, the old mm-hmm. church in Dover, um, that has obviously a, a huge social room, but then all breakout rooms, a big kitchen. So it's, a, it's, all, it's mm-hmm. set up for, for that. It, it was actually worked out pretty well. It was an extremely hot day. It was a day not unlike today. Yes. Not unlike today. Yes. It was so hot in there. Yeah, and, 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 and we again, were at some capacity, of the room, so some of the there rooms, were just a lot of bodies. Right some, of the rooms, some of the rooms had air conditioning and you could leave the door open. But yeah. then some of the rooms had like nine, ten people in them that were like the size of this. Yeah. Or maybe a little bit bigger than this. Um, but it was like, we, we can't, we're not, it's not working. We yeah. don't know what to do. Uh, but once we got that big fan working in the main room, I think we were okay because we had one in the kitchen and one in like the main, mm-hmm. the, the main uh, r- social room we were using. But yeah, that's where we were. We were not in the. We didn't hear like ding 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 lights going off. Yeah, and the other thing that I think I'll point out because we'll pull on this later, not even just later today, but later in later episodes leading up to next year, is it was. Very clearly non-political. Matt Meyer turned up at the end to pretend like he came. And I'll give you a shout-out, Matt. We saw you. We saw you there. Okay, you were there. Good good for you. Did you, did you ride your bike? You couldn't. It was too hot. Can't ride your bike to Dover when it's so hot. Um, we, lo- we love Matt. We love him. We love him. That's why we rib him like this. You know, he drove his convertible there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top down. So when he yells at us at the pub. <laughs> So, but but I, I think that that's important. And and, and Matt, you know, he's, yes. he is a community yeah. person. And he comes to of, stuff. So, I, you know, I, I give him a, yeah. a fair ribbing because he can take our, it. My, my idea, and when I spoke to other network volunteers, I think the our shared vision was if politicians want to come, that's cool. Uh, we would love for everyone to come. Uh, however, I think that most or at least many events in Delaware tend to cater to politicians give them a platform, announce them, make them kind of the focal point when they arrive. And that was really the opposite of what we wanted to do. Because there's so much of that already in Delaware. We really wanted to center regular people, regular volunteers, you know, which is what, like, I didn't really want to be speaking. I wanted to speak as little as possible. I didn't want any really network staff to be speaking too much or, um, quote, leaders from other organizations. I really wanted the focus to be on volunteers and 
provide, you know, a, in my opinion, needed like inversion to the way things typically go in a lot of, especially grass top spaces. But even, you know, it can creep in in grassroots spaces, too. Yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I think everybody has agreed and even people were contacting. I guess I had talked in a, in a couple of breakouts about like media and like public relations that I had. And people were like, who was that podcast guy? Yeah. And I was like, here people we go. People did again? want to know who the podcast guy is. Yeah. I got a couple emails about that. Yeah, boy. You know, Kirsten, you say you don't want any recognition, but you deserve like one of those 40 under 40 awards for this. Because like, this is <laughs> yeah, so you cool. That? Yeah. And interesting. I, <laughs> like, Business Times has only been rude to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, like, what, the people, who, the people who reject their MBEs because they won't kneel before the king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's more impressive than anything else you'll find people doing on that list. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was a it was a very impressive event, and I'm excited to see uh, what happens next year. Thank you. Yeah, I we don't have the date set yet, but we have all plans to continue and do another summit, the second annual. And I know it has to be probably in Dover, but I mean, can we look? Can we look at population? Like, isn't there like a more people from there. Is there another hot church we could go to? <laughs> We'd like to <laughs> we need a very, very warm sauna like social room in the church. <laughs> Somewhere closer. All right. I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys have seen this. I feel like uh, Johnny Carson. Have you seen this? Have you have you guys seen this? We're on set. <laughs> so the Delaware Calls work was recently and, and consistently featured uh, in the news journal Sunday print edition. That's how important it was. But I will say that uh, we talked about it when we were releasing it. Now all three parts have been released. Um, Jordan, you want to take your accolades now? Everything you've done? Sure. I mean, it was uh, if uh, for anyone uh, who you know hadn't heard a, or hasn't read it or didn't uh, hasn't listened to a previous podcast on it. Uh, three part series on the demolition. Of uh, Wilmington's East Side, uh, what was there, uh, you know, basically before all those office buildings around French Street and King Street, the state and, you know, county building, county courthouse, um, you know, Chase Center, um, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, as uh, Rob said, the third part uh, just published uh, this week. And it's, um, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, Rob, but I feel like it's been a smashing success. People, There's, people, more and more people are saying it every more day. More and more people are saying this. They are. And and just and you know and uh, you know really I think one of the things I like about the story is that uh, you know one it's one of those stories that I think like a lot of people just really don't know about unless you had lived in Wilmington for a long time. Um, I think uh, you know Bill, you were saying, uh, or you can share your story uh, about uh, you you when as you were reading this, didn't you say you were kind of thinking that about? Yeah, I mean, like when I moved back to the area like 15 years ago, I would like be downtown for work stuff, and just I was thinking about the footprint that MBNA stomped on the city, and I was like, oh, I would be so cool to read about how this happened. So like that in particular, and then just also I mentioned like. The roadways, which I know are a passion of yours, like why was Wilmington designed so cars could get out of it going 75 miles an hour in all four directions? And you're touching on that as well. So I think it's cool. Yeah, and the answer to that, folks, is an uh, organization called the Greater Wilmington Development Council, which during the you know 60s and 70s basically uh, uh, was 
uh, organized by uh, DuPont uh, executives and other, uh, you know, leading business executives in Wilmington that included uh, members of the DuPont family that worked hand in hand with the state and city in order to reshape Wilmington the way it is today uh, before uh, before uh, French Street and King Street were filled with all those government buildings there used to be. That was like the vibrant uh, uh, black downtown in Wilmington uh, originally uh, that way because of segregation and Jim Crow uh, in Wilmington. So there was a segregated downtown where you had uh, where all the black uh, historic black churches were and uh, businesses and movie theaters and, uh, you know, doctors and professionals. Uh, one of um, the gentlemen I interviewed for the story uh, called it Wilmington's Black Wall Street. Um, and another woman and a, and a woman uh, called it our little Camelot. Like it was this very, you know, special kind of like center of the East Side community. And then, yeah, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, you know, DuPont basically, uh, you know, worked together with the city. Is conspired too strong a word? Well. <laughs> it was all out in the open, so but, I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we, we, we talked about the language we got to use. You did. You were able to say that um, that both newspapers, both the morning news and the evening journal, were, were DuPont captured. So we slipped that, we slipped that one in there, which was nice. And so. And, and, and a solid dig at CoreFam. Corfam. <laughs> the dreaded fake leather product. <laughs> Corfam. I had to look that one Corfam. up. Corfam. <laughs> uh, I just learned about it today. <laughs> I did click on it because obviously I'm editing, so I'm looking at it, and the, the, it was an old ad, and with these, with like the 1969 ladies' shoe, like that you would see, like you know, like they probably wore in like Mad Men, like it's a little, a little pump, black patent pump, you know. Corfan, <laughs> yeah, fake leather, like leather, um, uh, fake leather yeah, leather product, or leather yeah, it just didn't, it didn't go over. People, people didn't want Corfan. <laughs> They're like, we're not interested. Make the make the carpets and the paints. Why That's does it sound want. like it sounds like an international treaty or something like yeah, Corfan, like an acronym, like, or if it's like the it's like the the alliance of uh, of like the it's like the EU of of uh, North Africa there where they're having like the Ewoks or whatever it's called like Corfan tr- trade organization or something yeah yeah <laughs> somehow controlling the the supply of wheat in Central Asia or something. But anyway, conspiring, conspiring, <laughs> and and yeah, and so this uh, the series, all three parts are out now uh, on Delaware Call. Uh, by the time this goes up, I think the uh, third part should have been released in the uh, news journals uh, Sunday edition. It'll be this Sunday. This It'll Sunday, this, this upcoming Sunday, Sunday the third part uh, will be released, and um, yeah, and it's just you know, it's, I thought it was a really interesting, uh, really important story to tell, and we've been getting a, l- a lot of uh, positive feedback on it. Uh, not only, I think, because it, uh, again, kind of un, uh, like, you know, retold this story that, uh, you know, doesn't get told very often. Or I think, as I said, a lot of people don't seem to know because if you hadn't if you hadn't lived in Wilmington, you know, since the 1980s, how would you know that the uh, King Street and French Street haven't always looked like that? And, you know, and really the whole entire story story just really underscores, uh, you know, what we still live with in Delaware today with our, you know, basically, um, you know, government working very closely with corporations and, uh, you know, running the state and shaping the state in a way that is primarily, you know, beneficial to corporations. Um, and, you know, then it was reshaping uh, literally part of Wilmington uh, on the east side uh, because DuPont executives uh, basically wanted it that way. They wanted a civic center and, you know, some other, you know, other fancy buildings, you know, in that part of town. Um, 
you know, then today, you know, we see it with, um, you know, certain areas of uh, Delaware that might allow um, LLCs to vote in local elections, um, you know, or the way this uh, state now uh, bends over backwards in order to uh, get corporations to, uh, uh, you know, to or business entities to incorporate here or uh, new uh, reporting in the news journal that uh, we are now are giving away uh, state grants to corporations that aren't even producing jobs in the state. They'll get government. Uh, Brandon state Holvick. Hold it. Brandon Holvick Brandon wrote that one. Holvick. <laughs> I tell you, we're look, <laughs> we are very we, we treat the journalists at our legacy paper, the news journal, with, I think, as they deserve to be treated when they do good. We say you did good. When they do bad, we say they do bad. A lot of times they're not doing any good. But Brandon Holvick. For every nine like fast Italian restaurant stories, you get one Delaware Prosperity Partnership <laughs> bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> I told you Andre sent that to our other chat that just said, you know, what's going here on Route 13? And he put, he put spoiler alert, it's a Dollar General. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's... That's the news journal, but yeah. So we did find out that the the terrible and the other thing is, and, and I'm I'm assuming Carl saw the photo. They ran a photo with it because they they meet in that Buena Vista Conference Center that it was like an old like like plantation in, in Kent County, and I we were in that room for the Amazon one, and you know I I obviously like stirred it up a little bit, but it gives it just bad vibes when you see the room. You're just like, oh, no good, no bueno, no bueno Vista. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I the, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, and I, and I, I, I ask everybody if you haven't read it, um, we'll, we'll put links to it. Um, it's a great series, three parts on um, Wilmington's East Side, the demolition and quote unquote redevelopment, and uh, and where that leaves us today. And um, the photos we ran in it, I think everybody or everybody just is, is really digging them. You found a 19th century, well, it wasn't a 19th century photo of the street grade um uh train station but it was like 1905 i think yeah and it is like one or two years before it was demolished and like the current um uh like elevated train track and the yeah. station was put there yeah so right in that plaza across from the chase building there was just a little train station at the street well i mean that's important because when you're you know telling people that the city used to look different and i think it's really helpful to like literally help them visualize it by providing photos and it was just such a rich collection too from the historical society um Hagley, the delaware public archives the news journal uh, you know, we're really able to pull from just all these institutions to just, I think, really bring like a really rich collection of, uh, you know, photographs and, you know, um, newspaper, like front pages from the newspaper and stuff like that, I think, to like really bring the story to life, which I thought was fun. Yeah, um, I love that stuff. So. Yeah, come on. You must have had a favorite photo in there. Well, I keep searching for keychain. Uh, yeah. uh, so, yeah, well, that's the other thing, too, is we. There was some photos that we didn't that we didn't use. Uh, the perfect example that I'm giving to everyone is um, our friend uh, State Senator Tizzy Lockman um, gave us some photos of her father because he's he's uh, referenced at length in part three, uh, Norman Lockman, and we ran a picture of him uh, laughing in 1988 with Reverend Jesse Jackson, who won the Democratic Presidential Caucus in Delaware in 1988. But we also have a picture of him a little later in his life in about. I think, as you said, around 2000, um, shaking hands with Yasser Arafat, which is pretty fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very cool photo. So we'll keep that to ourselves, but we we know it. We know it exists. <laughs> also, the the two photos of I guess King Street for the most part, but they're aerial. They're like aerial photos where you see the old customs house and then just a sea of parking lots and concrete. 
versus the like vibrant, dense uh, neighborhood that you've described early we, in the article. We literally destroyed the city for cars, and you know, yeah. the, and I know that uh, you know, and white flight was real from the cities, and but we really also need to, I think, reexamine the role that the cities and states themselves played, and also like internally displacing, uh, you know, black and immigrant populations, especially from the urban core areas, you know, where a lot of these urban renewal projects. Uh, you know, took place because, I mean, you know, they displaced, uh, you know, thousands of people, you know, during a time when the city's population was also falling. So, I mean, you know, the more... And, and the... not to wonk out too much, you do walk through that um, both in part one and two about the two housing acts that are the initial sort of impetus to tear down, to tear stuff down. So there, there were two housing acts. One, I think one was Eisenhower. Was that right? Yeah, well, Truman, then Eisenhower. Truman, then Eisenhower. The second one was Eisenhower. And then, of course, the, the 81 act, uh, the 81 bill that the governor signed here that then eventually sort of finished it off and, and brought, you know, the, the banking bank, act. The banking act that brought Chase, MBNA, um, and, and sort of finished off that, that corridor. So it kind of bookends with like obvious, like political things that we're gonna, this is what we're going to do. And it sort of walks you through how that, you know, how that really worked. You know, obviously, um, I think my my favorite picture was in part one. It was the the OG, the old guy sitting on the stoop at the quarterly. Yeah. With the little with the girl peeking in on the side, had the old Coca Cola sign. Gray beard. I mean, you know, I'm gonna be yeah. that. That's <laughs> just, that's a given. All right. You know what? We can't besmirch this great episode. We're not going to be doing just besmirching. No besmirching? There's going to be no besmirching. Maybe we'll do a fun one after this and we'll put it separate. But we can't give accolades to Kirsten Walther for that just incredible summit. And uh, Jordan for that incredible three-part series on the East Side and the, and the Big Quarterly. And, 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 just to, and just run it into the gutter with just bits and gags and stuff that people don't understand. Yeah. Hoisted upon our own petard. Yeah, now we can't do we it. Can't we do can't it. do what we do. Folks, we're going to do what we do, but uh, we'll probably leave it for patrons. All right, uh, left is best. <laughs> <laughs>